Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Not only is it football season, it's also magic week, so it's time we combine both for a fascinating conversation. I spoke to magician John Dorenboss, a two-time NFL Pro Bowler for the Philadelphia Eagles, when he performed a magic show last year at MGM National Harbor near Washington, D.C. Hey, this is John Dorenboss. Uh, this is Rockstar. Thanks for having me. So um, a lot of our listeners will probably remember you for your, was it like 11-season career in the NFL? Talk about how you grew up playing football and learning magic at the same time yeah so you know what i i went through a lot as a kid and and not to to be a downer here but when i was 12 years old my my father murdered my mother and so my sister and i we went into intense therapy we went into temporary foster care for about eight months uh and then that's kind of when when life changed so drastically and then a new life began and uh, i discovered football which means i could hit you and not get in trouble so i could get out aggression and anger and then i discovered magic which was the only time when i was a kid that the whole outside world shut down it's when I didn't think about losing both my parents and change, foster care, uh, you know, being the only sixth grader seeing a shrink and feeling like this outcast kid. When I would sit down and shuffle cards, it was the only time I was just a kid and all the adult problems just faded away. Wow, I didn't even know any of that. I'm sorry about the tragic uh, event there, but I'm glad at the very least somehow you found a silver lining of turning the energy into a positive both on the football field and uh, magic tricks. Just mad props to you for that, man. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, what was like sort of the first sort of magic shows that you, you wound up doing? Like uh, was it like at school auditorium talent shows or something? Or, or how did you start sort of making a go of it professionally? Yeah, you know, when, when I first got into magic, like I said, it wasn't about learning a trick to go perform it and feel cool. To me, it was an escape. It was an outlet. Uh, it was a way just to be within myself. And so what happened is I did this. I, I did it for like a couple of years and I didn't really perform anywhere. And so I, I got really good, right, because I got really good at the technical side. And then all of a sudden you grow up and you develop your personality and now you combine the two. Uh, so I would, you know, I, I did a school talent show in eighth grade and I actually did a thing that David Copperfield did on national television where you float this little piece of paper and you fold it into a rose and then the paper rose floats in front of you. You light the thing on fire and it becomes real. Oh, it's a killer effect. Well, in eighth grade, I don't think people were expecting that. So I got first place and I got a, I think it was like a $25 gift card to like Safeway, which is like the grocery store here. Right. So I was like killing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was school talent shows and, and things like that. Um, and then it just, it took off from there. And then on the football side of things, remind our listeners of, you know, your journey with that, you know, where you got recruited to go to college and then, you know, ultimately getting drafted. Just remind us the football side of it, that you have two parallel tracks we're tracking here. Oh, it's so cool. And, and, and what's funny is uh, if if a kid came up to most people in this world and said, I'm going to I'm going to make it as a magician and a professional athlete. Most people are like, yeah, sure. Good luck, kid. And here <laughs> here I was fortunate and, and, and fortunate to have done both on the highest levels. And so it was ninth grade freshman year in high school. A buddy of mine said, hey, you should play football. And I was like, no way, dude. Football's for dorks. I like magic. <laughs> and he laughed. Right. <laughs> and that that's that's when he said, you can hit this guy and not get in trouble. And I was like, well, that actually sounds pretty cool. So I thought I was a great high school player. I didn't get any offers, so I went to a junior college for one year. Uh, it literally was the, the worst junior college in the country. Uh, we lost 40 games in a row over four seasons, and then I went there and we lost another 10. Uh, but uh, I, I turned going, it around. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, and so after my freshman year, I was academically eligible, and I thought I was a good player. Uh, University of Texas, El Paso, gave me a full scholarship uh, to be a long snapper. And that's kind of where I went to college. And then the Buffalo Bills called and, and I was a free agent in the Buffalo. Uh, I ended up playing two years in Buffalo. 
Uh, I was in and out of Tennessee for two years. I played 12 for Philadelphia, and then I was in Tennessee. So I, I played 14 years in the NFL, made a couple Pro Bowls, got a Super Bowl ring, and I got to be around some of the most amazing people and, and learn from some of the best coaches in the world. Uh, and what I'm really proud to say is my show is my life story. My show is how we can constantly find happiness. The things that I learned, the way that I talked to myself, and the magic I learned along the way that helped me get out of bad times in my life and find happiness. So it's motivating. It's inspiring. You're going to see mind-blowing magic. And hopefully, you're going to laugh. You're going to reflect. And if there's something in your life that you're trying to resolve, I really hope that you leave with some tools that will help you find closure or help you come to terms with a certain reality in your own life that will get you even happier than what you are today. Wow. I mean, yeah, there's so much to unpack there, but you, you know, you, you just said that we're going to have mind blowing tricks. So what, what sort of stuff? I mean, I know this is always hard when I interview magicians because, you know, obviously you don't want to ruin or spoil the actual, you know, sleight of hands and stuff. But what, I, I don't know. Is there a way to sort of tease or uh, the types of tricks we'll see in general terms? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I put it this way. Uh, I differentiated myself in the magic world and the television world to where I was, uh, I made the top three on America's Got Talent. I was one of Simon Cowell's favorite acts of all time. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres picked me up. I do a lot with NBC. Google John Dornboss and you'll see my style. It's fun. It's not always about the trick. The trick is the tool. I wanted to be a rock star. Here's the problem. I can't sing. I can't dance and I can't play an instrument. So I guess that's not happening. <laughs> but what I learned is that magic cards, props can now become my instrument. And my words and the things that I say can become my ballad or my jam. And so you're, you're going to come and it's going to be high energy. You're going to see great effects. If you go, like I said, YouTube me, Google me, you'll see all the stuff I've done on television. You're either going to like my style or you're not, which I think you will. And you're going to see how different it is because the magic is the tool to connect to the audience. So you're going to have a great time. You're going to be inspired. You're going to be blown away by really, really cool magic. And uh, we're going to have a good time. So if you ain't there, you're wrong. August 21st, MGM National Harbor, 8 o'clock. Be there. <laughs> Thanks. And you're so, uh, the, you know, you kind of, we'll look up the, we'll tell our listeners to go look up the, your, you know, your clips for the actual um, magic tricks. But on the, on the, you know, I guess stitching it together in between, it sounds like you, it's almost like a life-changing motivational speaker stuff you got going. So how does that work? Do, do you sort of talk to the audience and give them life tips and that kind of thing in between the tricks? Yeah, so my, my core business is keynote speaking at the big conventions, right? And it's, it's like I said, it's my life story of losing both my parents, what I've learned in, in super intense therapy as a kid, uh, watching your dad go to prison, watching your mom go to heaven, going into temporary foster care. How do you constantly find happiness? Simon Cowell's golden buzzer this year on America's Got Talent uh, is this girl who had cancer, and she just had to opt out because the battle with cancer has just gotten really difficult, and she's tired. And this is one of the most impactful quotes I've heard in a long time. She said this, you can't wait for life to be easy to be happy. You can't wait for life to not be hard to be happy. So think about that. So it's my life story. It's the coaches and the people along the way that gave me these nuggets and these tidbits and these things that I can tell myself to find happiness. And then I have magic that complements all these stories along the way. And so the, the tricks aren't necessarily just gratuitous tricks and some magician walking around with a top hat and a suit. I don't do that. By the way, I come out with jeans, uh, a short sleeve hoodie, a hat backwards. And an ex-teammate of mine, LaShawn McCoy, uh, who's a famous running back, was like, man, you slow as heck, man. You need to put one of them speed towels in the back of your jeans so that when you run around, you look faster on stage. So I got a, I got a towel hanging out the back. We're running around, and it, it's going to be a good time. 
Oh, we all remember LaShawn McCoy. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to mention it, but as a lifelong Washington football fan, your, your Eagles were a thorn in our side for a while. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. um, but yeah, remind our listeners too about, um, just those, I mean, since that was the team you played with for, you know, the longest duration, the Philadelphia Eagles, remind us, uh, you know, any, any fun tidbits on some of those legendary teammates you had and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I, I got something that might even be uh, a little bit more hit home there in, in uh, your area. Um, people ask me, who's one of the greatest players you ever played with? And I was super fortunate to play with an absolute legend who is a legend by the name of London Fletcher. He was the middle linebacker there for who knows how long, never missed a game. So good. Uh, but I got, oh yeah, I got to play with London when I was in Buffalo for two years. I had a locker right next to him. And if you ask me who's the greatest all-around football player I've ever played with, it's by far London Fletcher. Wow, that that's high praise right there. No, I mean, he's one of those that everyone knows, you know, everyone acknowledges as, as great, but but not enough as it needs to be. He's so he's so darn underrated if you ask me. But um, but not but not only that, but things that people might not see, the London Fletcher in the locker room is amazing. It doesn't matter what the job is, it doesn't matter what needs to be done, if there's a special teams role that needs to be filled, he will step in and do whatever it takes to win. He will play whatever position you ask him to. Never complains, works hard. He is the ultimate leader and role model that you want in a locker room of a guy that shows up every day, takes care of his body, plays injured, hurt. It doesn't matter. Whatever needs to be done, coach, call me. I'm in. Well, yeah, I know he's in the, you know, the team's ring of fame down here, but I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, you know, as soon as possible. Um, cool. Well, also remind us, uh, how cool it was to get that honorary Super Bowl ring. I know there was like, you were sort of like traded and then it was rescinded, but you got a ring anyway because you were such a long, you know, term member of the team. But just detail that for me really quick so I can explain it correctly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, uh, so here's what's very really cool. So I played with the Eagles for 11 and a half seasons. Uh, I hold the record for the most consecutive games played as an Eagle. I do America's Got Talent, which at this time was during training camp when the live show started. So it, wow. this was my day schedule during training camp for quite some time. Uh, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. was training camp with the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. I then boarded a 6.15 flight. Uh, I had a buddy with a plane that helped me out that flew me every once in a while. I would fly to L.A. and I would land uh, for AGT and do B-roll filming, interview filming, a camera blocking, or a rehearsal to get back on a plane by 10.15, 10.30, to land in Philadelphia at 7.15, to get to my 8 o'clock meeting at training camp, to go to 5 o'clock, to then go to the airport, to fly back to L.A. for two hours, to take a red-eye back, to land at 7.15, to get to my 8 o'clock. And what was amazing is now I'm at a time where I'm playing in the NFL, the highest the highest platform for football, and I'm performing on AGT Live Finals, which is the number one TV show, number one talent show, number one stage and theater you want to be on, performing magic. I was doing both my loves at the highest level possible simultaneously, which was amazing. So that next season I come back, I think I'm Mr. Eagle. I'm going to retire an Eagle. They tell me they're going to trade me, which uh, I was shocked. But at the same time, we had a younger kid that was uh, the same position who was really good. I understood the business move. And I, I believe in this, right? Come to terms with your reality and tell yourself this isn't happening to me. This is happening for me. And it gets rid of bitterness. It gets rid of anger. It gets rid of judgment. And it allows you just to see the positive in whatever the situation is. So they traded me to New Orleans. Uh, I played a game in New Orleans like two days later. And then the next day I had a physical because I got traded. They're going to they're gonna give the asset, which was myself, right? They're going to give a physical to make sure that you're healthy. And they discovered I had a, uh, a pretty serious heart condition. And I was forced into uh, emergency open heart surgery within 72 hours. Uh, it ended my career, which at the time when I was traded to New Orleans, I just signed a three-year extension for more money that I'd seen. 
I was 37 years old, all black uniforms, which is very complimentary for a aging pudgy white guy, if you will. Uh, all the games were going to be indoors. Are you kidding me? 13 of the 16 games were going to be in a dome. So no more weather in the Northeast and the cold. I was super excited. Uh, but when I got the news in New Orleans, uh, I had, uh, emergency open heart surgery. Uh, the surgery lasted uh, about 12 hours. Uh, my wife and I were in the hospital for over 30 days post surgery. And, uh, that was the, the beginning of, a, of, or that was the end, right? And then the start of a new beginning. That season, are you kidding me? That season, the Philadelphia Eagles decided to go to the Super Bowl and win it. I'd been there 11 and a half years. I played in every game for 11 and a half years, nothing. I leave, they go to the Super Bowl and win. But what's really cool is the owner, the owner and the organization hit me up and said, Hey, you were part of this organization for a long time. You helped shape the culture. Uh, you, you just, you help shape everything about this place. You're an Eagle for life and we want to give you a ring. Um, and that right there meant more to me than had I played. So they gave me an honorary ring. I got to go to the parade. I got to be on the bus and I got to experience a lot of it. Um, even though I didn't get to play it, uh, it was really cool that the team gave me a Super Bowl ring. That is really cool. Um, you know, final football question before ending back on the magic. Um, what is the key to being a long snapper? I feel like that's such a, you know, people think football players, they think of all the other positions, but you know, there's special teams positions. I feel like there's not enough light shined on just how difficult, um, and pressure filled those are. I mean, those, I mean, everyone thinks of the kicker, you know, the clutch kickers, but you know, you're, you're the snapper and the holder are just as important. But you know, when you bend down there and you're looking back and that, you know, almost paint a picture POV what, for, for our radio yeah. listeners, what's it like, you know, staring back and, and your hands are on the ball and it's really up to you to get that whole snap started. Yeah, you, you know what? Being a long snapper, being a specialist, it's it, it's ninety percent mental. It, you have one shot to do your job, and and you're graded on that. And you might play ten plays a game, and you got to go ten for ten. And if you don't, usually you're fired. And so your accuracy and consistency has to be amazing. And what I learned playing for Coach Reed is be consistently good, occasionally great. And your good has to be good, but the worst has to be good enough to get the job done. And if you can stay in that range, then you might have a, a long career. So. Uh, I believe this, that to be a specialist and to be successful, you got to be able to wash any bad rep that you have. Something doesn't go your way. you got to forget about it real quick because you're going to go and sit on the bench for 10 minutes until the next opportunity to play. You know, if you're a linebacker, if you're a quarterback, right, and you make an error, well, you got a 20-second huddle, and by then you're already on the line of scrimmage to do another play. And if you do really well, then you've already forgotten the one that didn't go right. And everybody else did too. As a long snapper, you got to go out there, perform, and then go sit on a bench for 10 minutes. So the key is have a short memory, good or bad, and just be consistently good, occasionally great. Absolutely. Well, is your magic show consistently good and occasionally great? <laughs> we better hope so, baby, because let me tell you, we're coming to the MGM National Harbor. We're coming in hot. So, hey, look, we, I've spent my whole life for this moment, right? I've, I've enjoyed the theaters. It's totally rock star. I promise you this. I, leave, I left everything on the field, and I leave everything on stage. So, uh, I'm going to give you everything I got, and I promise you this. It's going to be a good time, and, and you're going to enjoy it. Love it, man. I love the confidence, love the energy and the passion, uh, and also uh, the humility. But you were born in humble Texas, so it makes sense. <laughs> uh, there we go, baby. Full circle. Full circle. John, hey, thanks for doing this. Uh, hopefully our listeners uh, get your tickets now uh, out for MGM National Harbor. Thanks, man. Hey, we'll see you all then. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.